0: Southeast Radio's morning mix: chat, news, and your views. Alan Corcoran, I'm here in Enniscorthy with you and a wonderful team of people here today, looking at what is a really exciting development for Wexford. Because what we're seeing is we're seeing primary care centres like this being built. These are not like the old health centres of the old. uh, Of old, these are big modern buildings. Here we've got diagnostics there's there, there will be x-ray ct scans ultrasound there's general practice children's services, mental health, and then all of the multidisciplinary therapies. So I've just come from a room where they're doing uh, pulmonary rehabilitation with people. Now, these are people who, without this kind of support, can find themselves back in hospital, back in Wexford General for weeks on end. What these fantastic healthcare professionals here are doing is they're working with them at home, in the community, helping them to get better, a lot of preventative medicine. And so what we're seeing in Wexford now is, in the past... One of your listeners might go to a GP and the GP might say, well, I need to send you for a scan, but I have to send you into the hospital. Or I I need to send you to see a doctor, but I have to send you into the hospital. And too many of us were being referred into hospitals. The whole new approach of this community care Uh, primary care centre and what we're calling enhanced community care in Wexford and around the country Mm -hmm. is that now we have diagnostics in the community. We have teams that can keep you well at home. We have um, teams that the GPs in Wexford can refer into for um, OT or speech and language or physio or all of these other therapies. And the whole philosophy now is keep people well and supported in their homes, in their communities. And can I just finish by saying a huge thank you and recognition to all of the healthcare workers right across Wexford for everything they're doing to make this possible. There are concerns in Wexford. The
1: 96-bed unit that we urgently need, I've heard from Dr. Paul Kelly, only quite recently our hospital was under ferocious pressure and we had huge waiting lists. And can you give me an update on that 96-bed unit? Is it any closer to fruition here in Wexford?
0: It is being progressed and let me be very clear, my view is that the 96-bed block is absolutely essential and um, Minister Brown and Deputy Kyo and Senator Byrne and Deputy Howland and others are regularly bringing this up, that Wexford needs more beds. I agree. There's this thing called a strategic assessment report. It's part of the process. We need a quicker process, but this is what we're dealing with at the moment. I am expecting that into my department um, by the end of March, ideally a bit earlier. Uh, a, A design team... Uh, has been appointed for the MRI, which is one of the other big process. Uh, one of the other big facilities we need. Uh, that's that's nearing completion in terms of design, and we're going to push ahead. But does Wexford need the 96 beds? It does. When will and, it happen? And, and let me tell you, it will have the full support uh, of government. So I, I, we need this report into the department. Uh, we're expecting the report into the department, as I say, in the coming weeks. And when we get that, we'll we'll be um, we'll be moving on that as quickly as we can. Now, one of the things. Um, that I'll say to your listeners as well is what I've experienced in two and a half years as Minister for Health is in spite of the best efforts of those working within the health service it is simply taking too long to appraise and approve uh, and design and build bed blocks and other things as well. So one of the things I'm working on with the department and the HSC and government colleagues is an accelerated process mm. so that we can say, for goodness sake, we know we need these 96 beds in Wexford, And by the way, we probably need a lot more. So let's make a call on that. Let's make political decisions on that. Uh, let's use modular technologies rather than spending two years building them. Let's figure out how to build them in nine months and get these things in place for patients. So
1: could it come within the next year or two?
0: Oh, well, certainly approval would be, would be uh, within the year. I have no doubt about yes. that. And then what, I, what we'll need to see, we'll need a report in from the HSE to say what is the quickest building approach we can use to get these beds in right. place for patients.
1: Dentists, doctors, neurologists, occupational therapists, speech therapists, the list goes on and on and on. This county is crying out for extra staffing. What can you say to the people this morning who will expect me to, to put this question to you? What is your response? You can't get a neurologist in this county and a Roctis member just rang me yesterday in desperation to say he can't, he can't get one, can't get an appointment.
0: There's a, there's a few things I want to say. First of all, I want to acknowledge that for certain specialties and certain parts of the countries, there are real shortages of skilled and experienced healthcare yeah. professionals. As you say, that can be GPs, dentists, consultants, uh, and health and social care professionals this way, uh, as well. So what are we doing about it? We're providing a level of funding that's never been provided before to hire new prof- new clinicians into the HSC. This will be the fourth record year in a row of recruitment into the HSE. So between now and the start of COVID, believe it or not, there is an extra eighteen thousand uh, people working in the HSE. It's a it's a level of increase that hasn't been seen before. Specifically to areas like neurology and other consultant uh, specialties where there are issues, you'll be aware we're bringing in the new consultant contract in the coming weeks. It's a very attractive contract. Um, it's aimed to do a few things. We want to retain the non consultant hospital doctors we have so that they stay and they train but critically we want, it, we want a contract that we can, we can go out around the world reach out to doctors who've trained in Ireland but who are living and working abroad and say look We have huge investment into healthcare in Ireland. We have this fantastic new contract. Now, have a think about coming home and working within Ireland's public health service. Okay,
1: we have organisations like Talk to Tom, it's good to talk, and I've just come. Minister James Brown was there as well from the Ford Centre. We have a mental health crisis, but we have these wonderful organisations. Talk to Tom only spoke to me on the radio, they're crying out for funding. Is there any way the government would look at funding? organizations like these to help ease the pressure on ministers like you to deliver uh, counselling.
0: Yes, absolutely. And and Minister Mary Butler, who's the Minister of State for Mental Health, she has been looking at exactly these kind of solutions, because your listeners will be aware of the uh, issues with CAMS that we've all been looking at recently. But you know, when I talk to the psychiatrists, when I talk to the professionals, what they say to me is, yes, there are improvements needed in CAMS, but what we need to be talking about is youth mental health. Not just the the, 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 you know, the most serious and acute forms of mental health, but the less severe, preventative, uh, and the kind of organizations you're talking about are exactly the kind of things we need in place.
1: So you will look into it.
0: Yeah, I'll certainly bring that to Mary okay. Butler, and and and, uh, and we can. Well, let, look at let's that. finish
1: in a positive frame of mind. I met Kate Colleen White for the first time face to face here. Now, during the dark days of COVID, people like Kate Colleen White were inspirational when people were so worried, and local radio was trying to give the message when people were were afraid. Um, you you referred to Kate Killeen, who was one of the speakers here today. The top hierarchy were here, but the thing that really struck me was. You build a new premises and they will come. And I think that's the point, to finish positively, this brand new state-of-the-art premises, Mm -hmm. will it encourage more people to come and fill those gaps?
0: It it will, and this is a conversation that Minister Brown and I have been having um, over the last few years. He pointed out to me that in spite of the fact that thousands more people are being hired into community care around the country, Wexford was not seeing the level of increase that it needed to see. And James and Kate and myself and others met last year to discuss this, to see what more could be done for Wexford. And as you say, this is one of the things that will help. This is a state-of-the-art facility. And it is simply the case that when the HSE is now hiring to fill these teams... And when, you know, graduating students or other physiotherapists and speech and language therapists and occupational therapists and dieticians and all of these wonderful people, when they see these kind of centers, Mm -hmm. there is no doubt but that they are much more likely to take up those jobs. So what we need to do as politicians is we need to keep engaging with the HSE to say we expect to see we have sanctioned the roles. We have funded the roles in Wexford. We expect to see those roles filled. We need to support the HSE in fulfilling those roles, or in in filling those roles. And then, critically, as Kate herself said today, centres like this uh, make it a much more attractive job. Southeast Radio's morning mix. Chat, news, and your views.